episode. Welcome to Going Blind Sucks. I am your host, Dustin Diodato, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Joy Masters. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's been a while. Yes. Uh, since we've done this, we've seen each other. Yes. Uh, pretty much all the time. <laughs> uh, we do live together. Yeah. Um, it's not like we, uh, we, we don't only come together for the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, that would be weird. Uh, so yeah, so I'd say this is probably the kickoff to uh, uh, what we might consider season three. Oh, okay. Sure. Of the podcast. Uh, I didn't realize uh, we had seasons. Uh, we don't, Maybe. but we have stretches where we do it and then go a really long time between doing it again. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So uh, this this will probably mark the episode uh, one of season three. Or give it a go again the third time. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a hard podcast to do. It is. I usually end up crying. So. Yeah. It's emotionally draining. Uh, and... Uh, I think we'll we hit a hit a point somewhere around like twelve or thirteen episodes into a season where we're just like that is all of the pain that I have, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'm just you know bleeding into a microphone a lot. So I need to take a break from that. Uh, but hey, we talk about good things too. We do, and we will talk about a couple of good things in yeah. this episode, amongst other things. Right, uh, and. Uh, part of the reason we came back, actually, uh, was uh, we've gotten a few letters recently being like, hey, um, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> and because we do this in, uh, you know, in our apartment uh, and nobody else is ever here, sometimes it's easy to forget that there are people out there listening, uh, sure. that that it helps them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we got those letters and we were just like, yeah, we got to do this again. We, like, we're jerks. We're lazy. Um, well, we had a know, lot of stuff selfish. going on. Yeah. We, had we a got lot a lot of stuff, stuff going, going on too. Uh, so anyway, we're back. Yeah. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, we mentioned that we always talk about uh, good there that we sometimes talk about good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about good stuff. Okay. Uh, I love to, you. I love you. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we went to the doctor uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. The big uh, doctor, the one at, oh, do you want to say yeah, the one at, the, Yeah, the one at Columbia. Um, Dr. Singh. Yeah, uh, which was sort of like the, uh, one of the first doctors that we went to. I think it was probably like four years ago now. It was four years ago, because we got chastised by your other doctor. Yes, we're we not did. going <laughs> sooner. Uh, so we went, uh, and um, I thought it was going to be the whole like ERG Five test. hours, yeah, and terrible tests. Yeah, um, which I think they rescheduled, and I forgot when it's for, but I'll remember. I have it written down. Yeah, um, for that test. Um, uh, but it wasn't. It was just a consultation. Um, they took blood work? Oh, sorry. Yeah, they, I'm yeah, jumping ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it was a consultation, where, they, and they took blood work because they said basically like, hey, um, last time you were here, we did genetic testing, uh, and um, that was four years ago. And we were not good at it then. Not that Columbia <laughs> specifically was bad at it. Just like science was bad at it. Well, that's not how we put it, but I, no. I appreciate that's how you heard it. <laughs> uh, basically, because he was basically like, look, to test what we can test for now, then mm-hmm. would have taken uh, like two years and like $25 million. Okay. Um, A lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the number he threw out. It was high. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, go ahead. You're fact-checking me now. No, uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, it was a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. I thought um, it was more like... Uh, so to do it now takes like a couple of thousand dollars that, you know, I guess insurance takes care of or whatever. Uh, and we'll do it we'll do in like a few months. So uh, we still haven't heard back about what the results were. Well, it was uh, only a month ago. Was wasn't, it? Wasn't it? No, it was longer than a month ago. November. Yeah. Okay. It was a couple of months. So yeah. oh, maybe we'll hear back soon. Uh, and basically the, um, the good news part of this <laughs> is that uh, he said, look, you know, I can't promise anything because there's nothing, you know, uh, nothing at this point. But uh, there's a 60% chance that, uh, that we'll be able to identify the gene that you have based on the genetic testing. Uh, and if that's the case, likely sometime in 2017, they'll be coming out with something to slow down or pause um, RP in one of the specific genes. In 2017? Or yeah, in sometime, your... sometime in this calendar year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, uh, and uh, generally, very quickly, in succession of one gene being um, approved, they'll approve the other ones because it's, you know, the science doesn't vary greatly from one gene to another. And you're talking about the FDA approving your, yeah. or some yeah. government? Whatever, yeah, whoever approves medicine agency. thinks. Yeah. Uh, so it was one of those things where uh, it was like, okay, well, there's a 60% chance that this thing that will, that will likely come out uh, may help you. So while not a thing specifically, mm -hmm. um, it is better than the take vitamin A until you die. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Who really knows? Uh, so... It's good. Yeah, it's, positive. it's, it's exciting. It's, yeah. it's a lot further ahead than where they were. Because four years ago, with all that you just said, so I'm yeah. kind of reiterating, but the idea was, what I heard was, hey, maybe someday we're going to figure something out. But you might it might not help you. You might be already completely black yeah. in your sight, and that'll be harder to help. And we're like, okay, great. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And now, four years later it feels like light years ahead where it's a larger percentage of a chance that something, even though it's still this thing might help you at some point, but closer. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. So it's like, it's, it's sped up and it feels like once they, once they got traction, yeah. then they get to keep going. You know, it's like mm -hmm. they didn't get traction for a while. Now that they have traction in this research, it's, it sounds like it's, it's going pretty well. Yeah, although I was... Which is pretty exciting. It is. Although I was debating... Um, although I'm still trying to... Wrap yeah. your head around the math. <laughs> well, one, the math. <laughs> yes. And two... I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. And yeah. two, um, I'm still trying to be... What do you say? When you're... I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're still trying... Uh, pragmatic. Yeah, that's it. That's the word. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it earlier today because I... Like... There's an excitement and a dread to it. Uh, I was thinking about it from... I'm going to give an analogy. Mm -hmm. Imagine you're on Mars. Okay. <laughs> you're with a colony of folks on Mars, and then it turns out that Mars is going to explode. And they're like, okay, we have a rocket ship. And there's 40 people here, but we could only really save 20 people. Um, that's great news if you're one of those 20 people. Uh, but it's like worse... 
if you're one of the 20 people that don't go. Mm-hmm. You know, like if the planet's going to explode and there were 40 people on it and nobody gets off, then you're like, oh, that's a bummer, but we're all in, in this together. Mm-hmm. But if 20 people get off and it's like, oh, man, they're doing well, stuff. Like, okay, <laughs> no. I, I that, and I know what, it's, I know it's petty. I know it's awful. No, I, I just, I think there's a little bit of a difference between exploding and not being able to see. And I don't mean to diminish. Is there, though? I don't mean to diminish. <laughs> yes, I think that there is. Let me ask you this question then. Yeah. Would you rather have RP or would you rather explode? I. That's, that, that's right. boiling it down. Yeah, no, I know. Um, it, I, just, I, 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 did, wanna... I did preface it as, as being a metaphor <laughs> okay. in the beginning. I wasn't. Well, I am challenging a little bit of them. I, wa- I wasn't. I wasn't saying that part of this cure means that there is a like an analogous person trapped on Mars that's going to explode. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, you're not going to die if this, like, the cure isn't going to save someone's physical life. No, I agree. The I'm just saying, being alive, breathing, being a person on this world. I get that. I'm just saying okay. that, like, if there's a cure out there for this, but you like. But you're not part of the people that the cure works for. It, it'll suck. It'll yeah. It'll yeah. suck. No, I got that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean. I probably sound like a jerk now. But I still. It's. Uh, I'm glad you're not going to explode. Whether or not this cure works. Thank you. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not a professional podcaster like yourself. No. Yes, you are. No. Yeah. Continue. Um. I, I mean, I don't get paid for it either. <laughs> yeah, but you might as well. Uh. So yeah. So that, I mean, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, and it was far, I have to say, because I was going into that day thinking it was going to be the marathon of tests that we had before, like you were saying. And yeah. I thought it was just going to be like the same old thing. Like, okay, maybe you can take your vitamin A, maybe you don't. Uh, we got nothing else for you. Just come back in another year or whatever it is. Right. And when he said, um, basically, when we were only there for 45 minutes or an hour, if that. Yeah. I was like, why is this done already? And we got some really good news. Like, hey, there's hope. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, so yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, congrats to everybody. That yeah. Will, I mean, hopefully, help. hopefully there's something going to help somebody yeah. and that's exciting. Uh, one other thing that I, I've started doing since probably the last time we, we spoke is, uh, using a flashlight like all the time. Yeah. Like when I'm outside at night. Yeah. Uh, and I have probably purchased like 18 flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> over the course of the last like year, uh, because they are surprisingly inexpensive. Um, like most of them maxed out around like thirteen, fourteen dollars. It's pretty good. Um, and I, you know, uh, lumens is mm-hmm. the is the uh, is the measure uh, of brightness. Yes. Um, technically, the amount of light that it puts out is measured in foot candles. Let's not worry about that right now. Okay. Because that is measured based on like how far you are from the light source and all that. I'm just saying if there's a lighting person out there, I don't want them saying, I don't, I don't need all the letters about foot candles versus lumens. Oh, and they'll, they, they, there'd be letters. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my, our inbox can only hold so many <laughs> emails. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, so, um, a lot of them were kind of disappointing because they really only light up like a small space. Because you don't want like, you don't want like a policeman flashlight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like the size of your arm. Right. Uh, you want like a small little pocket one. Uh, so I bought like 17 of them. Uh, and 
was mildly disappointed in all of them. Except for one. Yeah, well, the 18th uh, is the one that I, I thoroughly enjoy. Okay. Uh, because I went to the lighting guy at work. Because uh, <laughs> I work in production. And I went to the lighting guy and I was like, look, this is your whole world. Uh, can you <laughs> suggest a flashlight for me for, you know, the, that, uh, that is adjustable so I can, you know, focus in a small area or I can make it uh, wide Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's going to be sufficiently lit. Uh, and within about 24 hours, he sent me a link uh, that I will try and find and yeah, post as part of this. And it is glorious. It is a very bright, very small light uh, that is rechargeable. Because that's the thing. Any flashlight that's like bright enough to like make a difference at all uh, is going to burn through battery very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So basically like once a week. I just, you know, throw the rechargeable battery in there and, and call it a day. But the, That's cool. Yeah, the flashlight was like $18. It was like the most expensive one I bought, but totally worth it. Uh, and I realized something when I was using it the other day. And maybe it's just because I don't notice. But um, I work half a block from a school for the blind. So, like, I come across a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably come across more than I realize because I don't see them, because I'm <laughs> focused on me not dying. Um, and I have yet to see one. I've yet, to, like, I live in New York City, where we have the most of all of the things, mm-hmm. um, except farmers. Uh, and uh, we don't. We don't have any farmers, because you can't farm <laughs> in New York City. Um, I mean, you can. There, well, there somebody, are people that do it, like, on yeah. rooftops and shit. Yeah, there's one in Brooklyn. That, right. Yep, anyway. But we don't have a lot. Right. Uh and I've never seen another visually impaired person use a flashlight. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, maybe it wouldn't help them. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe, but it, maybe, it struck me. Maybe as, they don't have night blindness. In the, yeah. Or the same. Uh, but it struck me. I was like, hey, uh, am I like the only one doing this? Because hmm. if I am, like, you should do it. Yeah, like, if, yeah, if you're not one of those people with a flashlight, go get one. Um and I realized in like doing it the other day that like how far I had come in the sense that like I went from not wanting to to use the cane at all uh, and sort of hiding it and being ashamed of it to now being like I have a super bright flashlight and like uh, calling my call attention calling attention to myself greater than anyone I knew well, or that like I was aware of right. you know. Um, but I highly recommend it because it, at night it makes all the difference. Well, I, I kind of think of you now as Rudolph <laughs> with your <laughs> nose with your, shining yeah. so brightly and you're trying to hide it. or But you're not anymore. Now you're proud of your, yeah. your bright nose. Uh, and again, in my like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get petty again. It's going to happen a few times okay. in this episode. I'll try not to challenge you this time. Um, when Now when I bang it, when I bump into somebody, I can feel like totally... Like, in the moral high ground of just being like, this is your fault. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I have a cane to call out that I'm one and a flashlight to show you that I'm I'm coming at you. Like, you have no excuse for banging into me. Like, I have, you know, this is as much information as I can give you as a sighted person (laughs) to get the fuck out of the way. Other than yelling, I'm blind, get out of the way. I'm blind, get out of the way. Yeah. Um, Which, um... Would you do sometimes? 
Oh, when I yell at people? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, so. Hey, I'm not a good person. You are a good person. I just, I get very. You're protecting me. Very mad. So, uh, so yeah, so there's that too. I highly recommend getting one of those flashlights. I will share the link. You should order it. Yes. Uh, we're not, this isn't one of those, like we sold out and we're getting money from the flashlight company. Uh, although, uh, flashlight company, if you're listening, (laughs) um, (laughs) send me flashlights. (laughs) Okay. Um, because you can't have enough. That's the fucked up thing. (laughs) Technically, I've bought 19 flashlights, uh, because I bought that same good flashlight twice because I I have all other all other 17 sitting in the apartment somewhere mm-hmm. and the good one that I bought I lost after a week um, um and then I had to buy it again unless I stole it cuz I saw how good it was yeah jerks mm. I think I bought two then too I think I have one hiding in the apartment somewhere and I'll never find it because I don't know where the fuck <laughs> uh, well anyways we might find it as we're moving into the next segment yes um because we are potentially moving, mm-hmm. um, which will not affect you in any way, dear listener, <laughs> other than the fact that it may slow us down. Uh, again. <laughs> again. Uh, but it has brought up uh, a lot. Well, by moving, we mean that we are trying to purchase a home. Yes. And that that's what's brought up a lot, not just the mere fact yeah. of moving, because that brings up stuff for everybody. Moving is never easy. For anybody. Yeah. But we are, we were, that's part of the reason why it's taken so long to start recording again is because we've been looking for a place to buy since last April or March, May. Yeah. And um, with specific rules that we've put forth, mostly elevator for you because yeah. the stairs are terrifying. And um, preferably well lit lobby. Yes. Because they're, it's surprising. Oh, and, and um, yeah. So elevator. Well, at lobby near a subway, and yeah. surprisingly, a lot of the a lot of the lobbies that we would go into, one would have stairs. They would be called elevator buildings, and they have an elevator in them. But yeah. there'd be a, like some some of them would have an entire flight of stairs to get into the building to begin with. <clears throat> right, and then or, or or your other option was you could like go down a dark alley, uh, like well, around the back of the building, go in a door. Through the murder basement, and then <laughs> like, and then you know, go past a bunch of like clowns that are trying to stab you, and then get to the elevator there in the basement. Like right. that was your other choice if you didn't want to go up that flight of stairs. Yeah, you could go down a ramp and then through a scary yeah. murder basement. Yeah, because for folks that don't live in New York City, every basement in an apartment building is a murder basement because uh, it's like just cement and gray, and it's got big dark shadows and places for people. You know, can hide to hide and definitely murder you. So hallways that that end abruptly, right? Um, which is like not a thing that you want to go, not a place you want to go to twice a day, right? So especially being visually impaired, right? Uh, so this apartment that we're hopefully um, going to get, uh, well, we're we'll, I jumped ahead. No, that's okay. I do it to you. So well, yeah. Well, the one that we're looking at is. Right? Yeah. That's where we're at now. Yeah. It, it There's one tiny step into the building, which is great. It's a very um, spacious, open lobby. There's not a, there's no furniture. There's n- no doorman or anything like that. So there's nothing in the way. It's a straight shot to the elevator. And we go up a flight, basically. Well, it doesn't matter. It's an elevator. Yeah. And we're 10 feet from the elevator door. And even better, or even, 
I don't know if it's better, but just as great is that it's half a block from the subway and you don't have to cross the street to get to the subway. Yeah. You come out your door, you take a left and you t- you walk for a minute and you're, you're at the stairs for the subway. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, when we started looking, one of the things like I think our real estate agent had mentioned was um, that you kind of have a list of things that you think are important to you. And then as you look at apartments, you realize like, okay, this isn't actually that important. Yeah, it And this matter. is more important. Um, and when we saw this place, we uh, we realized, at least for me, I was like, oh, no, all of these things are so much more convenient that like, even though this apartment is smaller than some of the other ones we looked at, like, yeah, this one. Because I mean, like... Because uh, it has those three great things, yeah. you know. I think also when we walked in there, we both felt like, yeah, this is home. Yeah. And it wasn't what we thought it would be. There's not, I mean, it's it's somewhat updated kitchen and bathroom, kind of. And it doesn't have the the dream shower that we have, which is the walk-in shower. Again, for ease of you and me, yeah, uh, being a very uh, vertically challenged person, to get in and out of the tub. So, But it doesn't have that, and that's something we could do maybe later. But it, um, And it is smaller than what we thought. And it doesn't have any view, which I know you don't care about, but I also live there, and I do care about. So, um, But there's a short walk to get a view, if we mm-hmm. wanted. And I feel like... It, we had a hard time at first thinking that this was the place we wanted to put an offer in on. Yeah. And because it doesn't tick off all these other boxes that we thought we needed. And it just came down to the fact, like, it feels comfortable. It's open open enough floor plan where we, we don't feel closed in. And it's got this access for you and for me that is amazing. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. And it's I think it's going to make a huge difference to move there for both of us because you're going to be more comfortable and I'm going to be more comfortable because you are and you're safer, you know? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully oh, we get it. We don't know yet. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys know how the story goes. <laughs> we should know uh, sometime soon. Uh, but in, in the packing up to go to this apartment, we will find that other flashlight. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So don't, don't throw away any boxes you haven't looked through. Okay. It's a very tiny box. Well, you might have put it in another box. Okay. So j- I'm just saying, I found a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's important. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, in in looking for places, at least for me, uh, it it's always anxiety-inducing purchasing a home. So mm-hmm. I don't want to make it seem like uh, visually impaired people like are the only ones that are stressed out buying a home. You know, you're stressed out and you're not. Correct. Um. But uh, there is a, at least for me, an increased fear because I hear the clock ticking, you know. Uh, And when you start extrapolating over 30 years for a mortgage, Mm -hmm. you know, you start going like, okay, well, what, where will I be in 30 years? I'm like, I'll be 70 years old in 30 years. Yeah. Um. And knowing that when I asked the eye doctor, you know, when to expect it to go dark, uh, they said 62. Uh, I was like, oh, that's eight years earlier than this mortgage goes. Right. Uh, and really started messing with me. And as we were looking for places, I was like, okay. In my mind, I was like, I can afford X or Y amount. And then I started realizing that, you know, but I, I may not be able to work that long, you know, and can I afford that? 
And then I started, we started having to kind of cut back maybe on the cost of money that we were originally thinking that we might want to spend. And you and I have discussed this personally before, uh, but I hit a point where I, I'm, I'm doing better than I ever thought I would. Work-wise. Work-wise. Uh, and I was like, I, in, in looking at, at all these places and what we can afford, I was just overwhelmed with the thought of being a failure, you know? In what way? Because I couldn't get us the place that, like, that I thought we should get, you know? That we, that as much as I like this place, my fear is that we're compromising into something out of fear, you know, out of, uh, out of this knowledge that, you know, salary-wise, it's not a constant. I mean, I know for anybody it's not. You never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. But uh, I feel like there's a little bit more reassurance if you know that you're more likely than not going to be able to work, uh, not having that clock over your head. Mm-hmm. So... It was really, and it continues to be really hard because I've done everything I'm supposed to do, you know. I've uh, I've gotten this job and I work super hard and I stress out about it and I, uh, I save money. I live like a poor person, you know. Uh, you know I, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I... Partially it's because I don't eat great, but, uh, you know, like I talk to my friends about like their food bills and like, oh, you know, well, it's like 150 bucks a week for like a family or, you know, for their family or whatever. Uh, and it's like, okay. Cause I just buy for me and it's like $40 a month <laughs> and then I pretty much like <laughs> eat on that, you know? Um, and I'll, I deprive myself. I consciously deprive myself. I, I occasionally get something because I'm just like, God damn it. But way more often than I probably should, I live way under my means because I, because I know that there's going to be a huge period of time where I'm going to have to live off that. And looking at apartments and being, you know, knowing that we're looking for apartments in New York City where it's amongst the most expensive places that you can look, um... I, I I still couldn't help but just look out there and have that feeling of what else am I supposed to do? Like, this isn't fair, you know? Like, I've worked as hard as I can. I'm making a very good salary, and I still can't... I still can't get us something that we're both going to be proud of, you know? I I know you're giving me that look... <laughs> I'm letting you finish. Uh, but it's very disappointing. And and the the thing that occurred to me in the process was, okay, uh, I'll keep working and I'll keep banking money away. And, you know, maybe I work to 62 or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and and then if I'm good about it, I'll I'll save the amount of money that I need to save and then I can retire and whatever. 
And then it occurred to me that like, oh, so I'll just give over all the years that I can see to making sure that it's okay after that, you know, like, and, and that's, that felt so ridiculously unfair, you know, uh, that I'm basically creating a scenario where I don't get to enjoy what I'm doing because I'm so afraid of what is going to happen and what's coming down the line that, that I, I feel like, like a squirrel just saving for winter, you know? Um, but the winter that I'm, that we're talking about isn't going to end, you know, like the winter is just going to, it's just going to be winter and you just have to figure out how long you can survive that winter. And I'm going to get political here for a moment. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm right, uh, or that, you know, um, that all my views are based in reality because I know that our listeners will have varying political opinions, but the feeling that I get from what we're looking at, um, in terms of, you know, Trump and changes that he's suggesting to make, uh, Potentially uh, privatizing or cutting Social Security, privatizing or cutting Medicare, um, is petrifying because I like I had that sense of like okay, even if it all goes to shit, like there is a safety net there. There's something there to protect you, to uh, to make it only get so bad. You know, uh, and there's a thing we've been talking about at work a lot that when I say we, I mean, I keep pushing it and, and other people keep placating me. Uh, and it's the idea of aiming for the center of it, of the target when trying to, uh, offer services to people. And... General, by the senator target, I mean, you know, if uh, if you're trying to help 100 people and 90% of the people are all named Jim, then you want to help people name your best bet is to help, do things that will help people named Jim because it will have the greatest impact. And uh, that's a natural tendency. What I'm afraid of that we're staring down is some is a administration where um, that's going to be the prevailing thought process that let's aim for the center of the target in everything that we do because it will help the most people and it's and the, very it's very important uh, the people on the outside of the out of the target sometimes are the most needy of them all, you know, and they're the people who are ignored the most. So periodically helping the, that 10% on the outside will have a tremendously huge effect. And, and I hope that as a country, that's where we're aimed at. Uh, yeah, let's spend some, let's spend the majority of our time, aiming at the center of the target 
but sometimes you have to spend a disproportionately large amount of time compare in comparison to the total number of people uh, on the folks on the outside. You know, um, one of the letters uh, that we got. Uh, there's actually a follow-up letter that I think you never read, and I will share it with you. Uh, and it talked about uh, normalization of uh, being uh, visually impaired. And that, uh, that, there, that you're not inherently wrong for being disabled, you know, uh, and that you aren't, um, you shouldn't feel guilty about being disabled that uh, that it should be a thing that we expect. That it should be a thing that is just another version of things. You know? Um, just meaning, um, you know, like, it, it shouldn't be that you're making accommodations for somebody who needs a wheelchair. It should just be that, like, some people need a wheelchair, so we're prepared for that. And I know that it's, a like, a... Um, semantic difference <laughs> that I'm talking about, but, uh, I don't think it's semantics. I think it's a, it's an idea. It's a, it's a, an ideology, a viewpoint, a, a way of being a human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when my, my hope is that we will get better as a society in being able to go like, okay, well, you know, at a, at a theater, like a certain number of people aren't going to be able to go up and down stairs. And we're not like noble people for helping those people. Those are just people who need help. And we're not pathetic people for asking for that help. That's just the thing that we need. And, uh, and I hear, a, I, I've heard a lot about, um, lately, uh, we had spoken on a previous episode uh, about a little girl who didn't get helped in a school. Oof, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm hearing more stories about that, not even just specifically vision-related, but just folks who are need extra help. And there's a sense of, like, well, that's not our, our fault. And it's like, yeah, it is, because we're all part of this society. We're all responsible for each other. Yes. Uh, and we each have different needs. And sometimes someone needs a ramp. Sometimes someone needs a flashlight. Sometimes someone needs an emotional timeout because they are dealing with disorders that affect them there. We all need help in some way or another. And maybe some people need math help. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, There's a gamut of, of things that people need help with. This is just another one. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason I bring it up uh, is because, I, I, because of the thought I was having about the house, you know? And and that feeling of like it's easy for me to say that I forgot the right wording for this. Uh, I don't want to give all my vision, all all my years of vision, to work. You know, I want to enjoy some of those years. And I want people in a similar boat to 
to be able to experience their their lives in a way that is meaningful to them. You know, uh, part of the whole American dream is the idea that you'll work to a certain age and then retire and hang out with their grandkids and go fishing and you know uh, reap the benefits of all the years that you worked. And the truth of the matter is that that's not really an option for some of us. Now, I'm not going to die when I lose my vision. There are plenty of people out there who are living satisfactory lives, uh, even very enjoyable lives. Satisfactory is maybe uh, a rude way of saying it, so I apologize. But it's going to be a very different life. And it is going to be a life that I... Would I'd prefer not to be that way, you know? But now I'm in a situation where I don't feel like I have a choice and I feel like I'm being punished. I feel like no matter how hard I work and no matter how much I fight the good fight, the best I can hope for is that it'll be a little less shitty when it all goes black. And that's infuriating. And it's, I feel defeated. And I'm trying to work my way through it, but it's not easy. And the house thing makes it that much harder because there's this giant chunk of money. It's the most money that you'll ever spend in your life. Uh, all tied up into something now. And there's no going back because you can sell it or whatever. But uh, it feels so permanent. It feels so, I don't know. I've been ranting a lot. I apologize. It's okay. So it's been hard to try and figure out like what all of this means. Because I don't, even in talking out loud about it and knowing knowing that it's inaccurate to feel like a failure because of all this, I still do. I still feel like I've let you down and I've let myself down and I'm going to have to spend my whole life compromising on what I really want because I because there'll come a point where I won't have a choice anymore. You know? And that sucks. And I, I look out at folks that I know and I see them not doing that. I see them being able to get all those things that they wanted, all those things that we talked about. And it hurts. Anyway, so that's... <laughs> that's my story. Do I, do I get to respond? Yeah, you could have responded the whole time. You were just no, being very quiet. No, you had, I, one, I don't know how you have disappointed me or let me down. Can you explain that part? Because we both know that the apartment that we're looking at is smaller than what we had hoped for, that it's smaller than the apartment that we're looking at now. You you went to go visit an apartment. That well, well, hold on. That apartment was a, an apartment we'd never be able to afford. Even if you were making this same salary for the rest of your life, it would be a ridiculous apartment. I just wanted to go and be a voyeur. Right. But I, that's but, what I was hoping uh, to I, give you. I am... No. First of all, we like this apartment. 
it may not be like a hotel like you were dreaming about. <laughs> a, a hotel that ha- that brings your mail to your up to your room. Well, the mail it, thing I never uh, you, d- you know. What I'm saying is it's a home. And as we've always said, as long as you're there, it's still a home. It's a home that we own, which I never really thought about actually being able to do and would not be able to do this without you in any way, shape or form. And it's a beautiful place and we're going to make it our own. We d- it doesn't need to be the Taj Mahal. We don't want the Taj Mahal. You have not disappointed me or let me down in any way at all. Please stop thinking that. I'm not going to let you use that <laughs> for self-flagellation because you're not. Two, and I know it's different, but it happens to a lot of Americans. The way that capitalism works is you do work your butt off all of your youthful days and then at 62, now 67, and probably by the time we actually retire, 70, that's when we get to retire and enjoy our lives. We might have another 10 to 20 years after that, but we're old now. I mean, we'll be old then, depending on how we take care of ourselves, you know, and that happens to a lot of people. Happened to your grandfather, worked really hard, even retired a little bit early and still wasn't able to enjoy very much time before he passed away. That is not exclusive to you in that, in, and just let me finish in that, in that sense. True. When you get to that year, whatever year it is, you are not going to be able to see, and that's going to be something else. So if you want to live your life fully, then all those things that you've been wanting to do, just do them now. Yeah, you're still going to have to work, but make time to do these other things. I, I, if you want to look at it this way, then I've let you down. I don't make enough money to support both of us. I don't make enough money to buy this home. And it, it is scary for me too, because at some point you're not probably not going to be able to work anymore. And that will fall on me. And I currently can't afford to take care of that. So we have to, we are planning, we are currently planning on how to take care of that. But we'll figure it out. You keep working, I'll keep working. And we'll find ways to get those other things in now that you want to do. I, I know I'm not saying this very well, I'm sorry. No, but it's, it's fine. I wasn't saying my side very well. No, you were, you were perfect. But then do it now. Like I... It pains me to hear you say that the world is against you because I understand that's how you see it, but it's nothing personal. This is the world and this is how it works. And we all get crap done. I'm not saying the world's against me. I'm saying it feels unfair. Life is unfair. And and again, right. I know but I, I Justin, I know that I don't have a visual impairment. I know I don't have the extra awful that you have. But life is unfair and it's very hard for all of us. So I just I hate it when I hear you say that stuff like that because it does sound like you're giving up no um i'm not what i am doing is being increasingly frustrated by knowing uh, by by the anger that i can't win that like that that things are being taken you know that that no matter what I do, unless maybe this thing from the beginning like solves that. Maybe all of this, like, maybe this podcast ends with, and they fixed it. Like, <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, uh, we don't need this anymore. <laughs> um, well, then it would be another podcast. Is like, how do I see again? How yeah. do I live in a world where it's so bright? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I could see everything around me. That's crazy. Um, so it, it's not giving up. And it's not... Um, I know that it's unfair. I mean, I know that, it, like... I know that everybody struggles with it. That's why I'm saying, like, I get that, like, buying a house and these types of things are the most stressful things that a human being can do, you know? Um, but... It it emphasized to me, it brought up to me the things that I'm losing and the speed at which that I'm losing them at, you know? Um, and when I started doing the math and all that, because, yeah, I maybe I should just do the, some of those things, but... Yes, you definitely should. But can I afford to? Like, you know... Yes, like, we'll figure it out. Sorry, go ahead. No, I... <laughs> the answer's yes. Yeah, I... I don't know that it's always that easy. Sometimes it is. You are fearful of leaving the house. We've talked about this before. And you're far less fearful now than you used to be. In a lot of ways. But I think that fear is coming back more and more as you feel like you're losing your sight more. There are so many times where you're like, I just don't want to go out there. There are times that you've wanted to turn around when you're coming to see one of my things. Partially because public transportation has been terrible. But also because you're like, I don't want to have to go through that part of town on my own in the dark. And I yeah. get that. But then you take a cab. Because the more often that you succumb to that fear and you stay trapped in here, in this apartment, the worse it's going to get. And then when, if and when you don't have any sight, you're not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why you need to go out now for, for two reasons. One, so that you can enjoy it while you can still see to some degree and two. So it's that much easier to continue to do it later on. I know, I, I know it's not easy. You're looking at me like I can I, see I'm your face. To, Cause I'm trying to figure out the right wording because the, like <sighs> the more and more you wait, the harder it's going to be. And I have to say that it's not just for you. It's for me too. We are in, we are technically middle-aged right now. It's weird to say out loud because we still think we're teenagers in their minds, but this is happening for many reasons, not just because of your eyes. It's happening because of your age as well, because all of us go through this part where we're like, what have I been doing my whole life? What the hell am I going to do with the rest of it? I'm not where I thought I would be. You and I are, neither of us are where we thought we'd be. And we have to deal with that now. And we have to deal with the fact that the things that we love to do have younger, faster, smarter people doing them, and we're trying to keep up. And we have to deal with the fact that we're getting older, that my hair is going gray, that I'm gaining weight, and it's harder to get it off, and it's harder to do a lot of things at this age. And then now we have to redefine ourselves. And I think that that is hard for all of us at this time, this time period, and, and this time in our lives. So I think you are dealing with even more than you thought you were, and you are dealing with more than I am. But I think that there's a way through it. Maybe we need to buy a fancy red sports car that works for a lot of <laughs> Yeah, that I can't, that I can just sit in. Yeah, but you don't like driving anyway. I'll I drive know. you, and it will be fine for both of us. And we can have you. you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Uh, it's funny to think that the 
uh, hard if I wanted to like phrase it in a weird way, uh, I could rephrase it as saying, uh, in order for you to be happier, you need to be miserable more often. <laughs> like you need, you know, like you need to have more shorter periods of misery so that you can go out and do the happy stuff. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, got to peel yeah. off a lot of, like rip off a lot of band-aids, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm using analogies all over the place, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because what you want to do is you want to go out and create stuff. You want to write. You want to do storytelling. You want to be a comedian. That's who you are. That's who you've always been as long as I've known you. And you haven't been doing that lately, partially because logistically it's hard to get around. Any of the places that you would go and perform are dark and scary and, and far off the beaten path because that's where those places are yeah. in the back of crazy tiki bars, which is awesome that you go and you did it. Like you mm-hmm. did it and you felt good, right? Yeah. And that's where you belong, Dustin. So you have to do it and take a cab, take an Uber, get off the subway, get an Uber, and then get off right outside the place, the venue that you need to go to and do the same thing in reverse. You don't, you eat rice every day of your life for dinner. You can take an Uber so that you can experience your life more fully. Your misery is only compounded by not going out and doing these things that you want to do, that your heart wants to do. Go and do them now. Makes sense. Yes. And I know it's hard because I know there's also that part of you, like any performer or creative person, there's that also that other side is like, well, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I'll fail. I mean, again, we all have that. So that's hard too. But if you don't go, you're not going to know if you're going to fail. And then you're going to be miserable going, I wish I had done this because that's what you're doing right now. Over the last few months, especially, you've been talking about all your friends that you used to do comedy with 15 years ago. And they're making a living off of comedy and you're not. And you're like, that's not fair. It's because they kept going and you stopped. You took the safe route. And that's why one of the reasons why we can buy a house, but also... You're unhappy because you're not creatively fulfilled. So do them now. We'll figure out the house. I'll get another job. Maybe we'll win the lottery. We'll figure something out, but go now. Because time is ticking. You just said that. So I don't know why you're waiting. It doesn't... It doesn't always feel worth it. Really? In what way? <laughs> in the way that, <laughs> like, um, well, as you mentioned, like, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not funny. Maybe this whole thing has been a waste of time. So, you know, like, it's an awful lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of work. It's a tremendous amount of stress. And maybe it's all pointless. Maybe uh, maybe it's going to hurt more than it helps. So I don't know whether or not I want to do those things. I mean, I do, but the negative reinforcement that I've gotten on a lot of it lately has made it harder to do. So when, when it comes to like going out there and fighting the good fight with it, there's a part of me that's just like, why? So you can have your heart fucking broken again? So that you can feel like you're just not funny anymore so you can feel like everybody else has already sort of surpassed you and all you're doing is treading water 
and making yourself super stressed in the whole in in the in the meantime like i don't need my heart broken any harder than it already is that's performance that's creative life right there and you know that even your friends that i'm sorry but even your friends that are are making a living right now are broken hearted because they're not where they thought they would be even though they're doing what you wish you were doing my point is you either stay home and be disappointed that you didn't go out and break your heart that way or you go out and try and break your heart that way but at least you tried like i'm i'm doing improv with people half my age and it's weird and i feel like the old cat lady in in the in the group and it's hard every single time every single time i go out i feel like i'm not good enough and i'm failing but i keep going because i know that if i stay home it's going to be worse I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be not just the opportunities, but it's going to be me giving up. It's going to be me not taking the chance and me, because even now I'm mad at myself for not trying sooner for being a chicken and a coward and whether or not I make it sometimes just showing up like the audition today, I didn't want to go. I don't think I deserve it. I probably didn't get it, but I went and I just kept telling myself, you just got to walk in the door. That's all you got to do is walk in the door. Everything else is gravy. Because it's huge. Because I'm terrified and scared. And that's what it is. You've got to take that step because you're going to get your heart broken. Because that's life. But if you don't, if you don't try, you're going to hate yourself so much more. I know by experience. And so do you. All right. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Everything you're saying makes sense. Uh, the The truth of the matter is that I, I want to fight back and say I take that step every fucking day. I take that step every every time I walk out the door, it's a goddamn struggle. So it makes me that much more mad because the struggle has to constantly be going on because, because, because I can't take, I feel like I can't take the easy way out on it ever. Because I, I have to fight every instinct in my body all the time. I, okay. I know. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, I, I... You're right about everything that you're saying, and I'm not trying to fight you on it. Because I understand where you're coming from. You know? I, I know that you're right. But it's really rough. This pain we have, and yeah, and I get that that's the life of a creative person. And I get that I made a lot of dumb choices in my life that have gotten me here. <laughs> that's not what, all right. But it is. It's every day. So many choices that need to get made where you have to just ignore your instinct of hiding in the closet. You know, and if you don't get the positive reinforcement there, it gets harder and harder every time when you're just constantly putting yourself out there in that way, both from a creative standpoint and just from a I'm scared as fuck standpoint. So you're right, but it's not that easy. You know, and I know it's not that easy for anybody, and I know that we're all struggling. I don't know. I, I'm just 
complaining at this point. I'm sorry. And we're running long, are we? Yeah. But, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Wait, can we have a little okay. <laughs> a little decompression? Okay. Well, maybe not. Maybe that's all we've got. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. No. It, it's not you. It's a situation. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll come back again. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.